0: If you actually bother to read Twilight before making fun of it, you'll love Adapter Die, co-hosted by Pippa Russell and K.J. Minster, a bi-weekly podcast about adaptations of all kinds, from classic literature to movies to television and everything in between. Here's a clip. Is the secret to writing a good book to just eat a lot of shrimp and then go to sleep? Because I can do that. That's... I mean, I... I think that's one element. The other element is just to be super repressed. Oh, I've got that down too. We're, <laughs> we've we're checked sorry. all the boxes. I didn't go to Catholic school for 12 years for nothing. Adapt or Die. Available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.
1: The Legacy Saga may contain subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Specific content warnings are available in the episode description. The reign
2: of the mighty it on King Forten Bra and a tall
1: The world Azrael, now Prince Abathar, woke up and diverged from his own starting a few years before his birth.
2: Cassius, I've tolerated your stain on the Atano family name for too long. You are not my son who never were. And now you serve me an opportunity to formalize
1: that on a silver platter. You are hereby banished from Kingsland. Instead of retreating first to the forest, Cassius sought safety in Raven's Rock. There he met the youngest daughter of the regent, Clara Gestalt. Whereas the man from the forest fueled Cassius's feelings of hate and despair, Clara helped Cassius accept and overcome them. For some time, the two of them lived in quiet bliss up in the mountain province. At this time, Cordelia acted as an ambassador to the isolated Highgate. On one of these trips, she met Acer Musania and brought him back to Kingsland as her husband. The year Cassius's second coup would have occurred, the king died of natural causes, and his son, the VIII, assumed the throne. In his first act as the new king, Fortinbrah established a hunt for his older brother born out of his fear and loathing for Cassius the following year Fortinbras succeeded pellius the royal protector arrested cassius and his pregnant wife nowhere left to run cassius fortinbras made no big show for his brother's return rather quietly executed him in the castle fortinbras offered conditional care to his sister-in-law Clara could work in the kitchens, and Sabin would join her when he came of age. Food, beds, and clothes would be provided for them, but Clara could not tell anyone of Cassius' fate. The poor woman could not return home and had no choice but to accept the offer. Clara did as the king asked, except at night when she told young Sabin of his father.
0: Sabin worked in the kitchen on autopilot, as he had done every day since his mother died the year before. While he chopped, his mind raced. He knew his father only in the stories his mother had told him, what a brave and noble man he was, how he had stood up for himself when faced with injustice, and his family killed him for that. Then they coerced his wife into feeding them luxuries, stole his opportunity to ever know his own son, Now that Sabin's mother was dead, he had no one. Even the castle staff looked down on him. Sabin the Unnamed, they called him. Not Sabin Atano. Not even Sabin Gestalt. The world wanted Sabin to know that he was alone. Tonight, Sabin would make his father proud.
3: Abathar? What the fuck is going on?
2: I don't know.
3: It is good
0: to see you, Abathar Atara. Naya announced from her seat far down the table, her uncertain eyes exposing her true emotions. Uh,
3: good evening, Naya. I look forward to convening with you once dinner has finished.
2: As are we, my friend. I hope you are enjoying your...
0: Avatar, realizing he hadn't the slightest idea what they were eating, looked down at his plate. A strange orange steak, lathered in a vibrant green sauce. He had never seen it before, yet knew it was his favorite dish.
2: Pick orak steak.
3: I am. Your kitchen staff must have aimed to astonish your guests tonight. Abathar, Atara,
0: and Naya exchanged tight smiles and attempted to return to their dinners, but found them unappealing.
1: Perhaps the shift in time, or merely the idea of it, had caused them a bit of nausea. Fortinbra!
0: Sabin the Unnamed burst from the kitchen, wielding his cleaver.
1: You are unfit to rule. Your cruelty does not suit a righteous king. My family has suffered your injustice long enough...
0: Sabin rushed toward the king. Ah! Queen Turid swiftly pushed out her chair, knocking Sabin off balance. Sabin. In an instant, she faced the would-be assassin. Sabin righted himself and slashed at the queen. Ah! She dodged out of the way and swept his leg out from under him. Ah!
1: Guards, take this filth away.
0: Guards pummeled the young man before dragging him out of the room. Ah!
1: Atara! Naya! Oh Hell! Even Benedict! <coughs> Save me! God damn it! Don't forget our past!
4: <sighs> Why did I ever tolerate him this long?
0: As their fellow dinner guests resumed their normal eating, Avatar, Atara, and Naya exchanged incredulous looks. After another course and dessert, Abathar and Atara retired to their rooms, claiming the disruption at dinner had put them in bad spirits. Several hours later, they dodged surveillance and escaped to a secluded parlor. Abathar paced the room.
2: What if she couldn't slip away like we did? What if her parents made her leave immediately after dinner? Look,
5: Naya's resourceful. She'll get here. You should sit down. I can't!
2: I'm... uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to burst out like that.
5: It's okay. I know you're stressed.
2: You seem oddly calm.
5: I mean, I'm definitely freaking out here, but... But what? My entire life, I've always been so unsure of who I am. I can't explain why, but... Something has always felt off with me. With my family. The people who I thought were my family. I never felt like I belonged. But I just thought, hey, that's a normal teen rebellious thing. A a regular part of growing up or something. And then we left Highgate and that uneasy feeling kept getting stronger the ring the man gave me, the the Atano family crest, our crest, was just staring at me the entire time. And then there was that painting.
2: Painting? The one Hieronymus made?
5: Yes, but not the one you're thinking of. When we were leaving his mansion, I passed by one of a girl my age. And I had never seen her before in my life, but... It was like looking into a mirror, and she had my ring. Now I know that was a portrait of my birth mother.
2: And that's good, right? You finally know the truth.
5: (sighs) I wish it were that simple. I have all the facts, sure, but there is still so much that I can't even begin to understand.
3: Sorry I'm late. I had to be absolutely certain Benedict was asleep, which, granted, isn't too hard when he's been drinking. We are sleeping in the same bed. Where the hell are we? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm...
5: home. What do you remember?
3: My memories are like two pictures superimposed on one another. On one hand, I remember... The attack on Highgate, us departing, and everything and everyone we encountered after that. On the other hand, I remember the Harvest Festival going off without a problem. Benedict and I went on a fucking hayride, you and your family came for the closing ceremonies, and then I just focused on school until the solstice. Like, there's just so much that it feels like my brain is about to burst. Yeah. It's the same for me.
2: And me. What about Benedict?
3: Yeah, he didn't seem to remember anything, at least nothing from our real lives, or the past, or whatever the fuck it is. When I asked him specific questions, he only seemed to remember things as if they were dreams. <sighs>
5: no idea what
3: to make of that one.
2: We'll deal with Benedict later. Did you hear anything about Sabin?
3: No, just incessant droning about mutual partnerships. All right.
2: All right. Well, let's spend the morning gathering whatever information we can to save Sabin, and then we can reconvene tomorrow night.
0: Atara awoke to a gentle knock. She resisted the siren's call of the soft blankets and firm bed and answered the door. (sighs) Atara? Did I wake you? Queen Turid said to her daughter. Uh,
5: no. Well... Yes, actually, but uh, it's
0: it's fine.
6: May I come in?
0: Yeah, of course.
6: Mom? The
0: Queen took a seat on Atara's unmade bed and patted the space next to her.
6: I wanted to come see you. You acted very strange last night. Yeah, uh, that whole business with Sabin just... Oh, I didn't know you knew him. I've never seen you around the kitchens. Yeah, no, I, I don't know him, but uh, someone mentioned his name, I think. Oh, okay. Try not to let it bother you. Your father will handle it in the best possible way for everyone. Just focus on your lessons for today. Lessons? Um, I'm, I'm not sure I'm up for lessons today, Mom. Oh, <laughs> sweetheart. You remind me a lot of myself when I was your age. (laughs) Really? Yes. When I first came here to marry your father, I had to suffer through many of the etiquette lessons you do now. Wait, you're not from here? No. You've heard this countless times. Uh, can
5: you tell me it again? I... I just like hearing your stories.
6: I grew up in Houndsmouth. Over there, the concept of nobles doesn't really exist yet. My family was about the closest thing to it. Still, we were never trained in the ways your father was as a child. You know, I could listen to you talk all day. (laughs) Thank you, love. Give your best to the tutor. Mm, Fine. Enjoy your free morning before he arrives. I'll see you at dinner.
2: Naya, I have no idea what you're talking about.
3: You don't recognize the crazy guy from last night?
2: Well, maybe he looked familiar.
3: Okay, um, what about the attack on Highgate? What?
2: Of course not! The gate falling! Dad, that was just a nightmare I had! Come on, Naya. Can't we just enjoy the gardens?
3: Look, there is a lot on my mind, and I really don't understand why there's not a lot on yours, too. Benedict stopped and grabbed her arms.
2: Hey, what's really going on? Is it something with your parents again?
3: No, it's not that.
2: It's going to be alright. Come on, let's go back inside and figure out what's going on.
3: Uh, okay. Okay. Benedict pulled
0: her in for a kiss, but Naya resisted the muscle memory to return it.
2: I'm sorry. I, I I should have known it's not a good moment.
3: No, it's not that. I'm sorry.
0: Never mind. Naya slowly leaned back in and kissed Benedict.
1: The kiss felt at once both right and wrong. The Benedict of her old life, the one that bought her drugs and picked on the weak clashed with that of her new life, the Benedict who would make her a cup of tea and listen intently while she vented about her parents.
0: Pulling away from Benedict, Naya spotted her parents walking with the king. (gasps) Shit! Naya clenched her fists and strained her mind, focusing on a simple housefly. Mm.
2: Um, what are you doing?
0: No, 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 no. Naya dashed over to a bush and grasped a rose in her hands. Give me the gift of your blossom. The flowers swayed in a passing breeze, but otherwise remained still.
3: Oh, gods.
2: Um, I don't know what's going on here, but if you're looking for a way to eavesdrop on your parents, that topiary looks like a good place.
0: Naya and Benedict hid behind a large bush, shaped like a pegasus.
3: Truly, I don't know why you keep him around. His blood is tinted, just like his father's.
5: Must have been some misplaced sentimentality.
3: Certainly. There appears to be only one option.
2: Of course. If he acts like his father, treat him like his father.
0: Far too late at night. Naya gathered Atara and Abathar in a secluded parlor.
3: I overheard Atara's father say he's about to be executed at midnight. What? That only gives
2: us an hour! Why didn't you tell us sooner?
3: I tried to. Atara was stuck in training, you were nowhere to be found, and this place is a fucking maze. Where the hell were you?
2: I was trying to keep as out of sight as possible so I could figure out what to do in peace. It appears that backfired.
3: Okay, we just need to plan. We've accomplished more in less time.
2: Do you have your magic?
3: Uh, well, it doesn't seem like it. I tried earlier, and it just didn't work. Oh gods! Uh, are you okay? It kind of feels like someone ripped the ground out from underneath me. But hey, there are plenty of things to contribute to that right now.
2: Oh, so Naya doesn't have her magic, Tara doesn't have her bow, and I. What? I remember my years of training. From both lifetimes. Unfortunately, this body has been given the conditioning of a prince. How to sit and speak and to fight with a rapier. However, all that training has done nothing for my total lack of grace. I have all the memories of how to fight like I did in our old lives, but none of the strength to back it up.
5: Oh. So... We're just three untrained kids with no weapons, no magic, no skills, no college degrees, and no hope of saving our friend.
2: Yes, but we still have to try. (sighs) Sabin was always better at making plans.
5: Well, get into his head, right? I mean, what would he think of in this situation?
2: He'd want a map of the castle.
5: Easy. I know this castle better than any other place in our... real life?
2: Same.
5: Okay. Uh, So where will they do it? Uh, Naya, you mentioned that my dad said that since Sabin acted like his father, he should be treated like his father.
2: Well, who's his father?
3: Isn't it obvious? Search your memories, both sets. Now, who of major importance is missing here? Cassius? Cassius? Yep. Holy shit! Yeah. So, do you know anything about what your dad did to Cassius? Uh, no. Uh, My dad's never
5: mentioned Cassius. But he has a style. He likes his punishments to hammer in what you did wrong. When I broke a vase while running through the halls, he brought me to the craftsmen and made me sit there all day watching them
2: work. Cassius wanted to take over the throne from your father, to rule over Glaston.
5: We've always been forbidden from going into the tallest tower. I always thought it was to keep us from falling out of it or something, but maybe there's another reason.
2: All right, we try the tower. Gather what you can and try to enlist Benedict, Naya. I'll meet you there in twenty minutes.
0: All right. See you then. After Naya and Atara left the room, Abathar set up a small shrine and kneeled before it.
2: Calpurnia, I need your guidance. My friend's life is in danger and I fear I will be unable to help him. I beseech you, guide me. Give me the strength to save him. We need him to return to our real lives. Abathar. God, um... Sorry, um, sorry.
0: Abathar fell backward. Calpurnia, the goddess he prayed to all his life, stood before him. She looked like a human, yet much taller. All the light in the room... From the candles to the moon outside, paled in comparison to that which emanated from her.
4: My child, what is it you seek?
2: Um, I need to save my friend, so that we may return to our normal lives.
4: Normal lives? Is this not normal?
2: Well, um... No. uh, No. No. It's not... normal.
4: How is this life less normal than the one you came from? You're a prince, Abathar. This is your normal life. That life of mad artists, cavern monsters, and evil emperors is the strange life.
2: But... um... This... this is not... real. We have to get back
4: is real abathar you just need to accept it you don't need to get back to that terrible old life all you were working for is done cassius is defeated there's no need to avenge your parents they're still alive you can go hug them and spend the rest of their lives with them What more could you want?
2: I know. But I will always know that this isn't my life.
4: Maybe. Maybe not. Memories fade. Before too long, that old life will be nothing more than a bad dream. Really? If you wish, I could help them fade faster.
2: Thank you. But that won't be necessary.
4: I can't stop you, Abathar. But you must know that if you choose this path, you choose the harder life. One that you might not see the end of. One whose goals have already been accomplished elsewhere. I don't wish to see you go through that pain.
2: Thank you for your consideration. But if I may ask... Why me? Why are you appearing before me now? I've heard tales of you appearing to mortals, but only priests and prophets. Never like this.
4: Because you're special, Abathar. Your path leads you to the throne, and I don't want that path to be longer than it has to be.
2: I'm sorry, but... Atara is the true rightful heir. Her father is the king. Law dictates that she shall inherit the throne.
4: Laws of mortals mean nothing to the will of the gods. Abathar, you carry immortal blood. You're not just human, you are exalted. Your destiny is far greater than you know. When an exalted assumes the throne, they will bring the nation. No. The world to a new era of peace. Can't you see now, Abathar? Cassius did not just wrong you when he stole the throne, he wronged the whole world.
2: I. Uh, um. I understand.
4: Good. It all makes sense now, doesn't it?
2: Yes. Yes, it does. Does that mean Lyra is one of you? Who? Oh, um, never mind.
4: Go forth and do what you must, Abathar. I cannot stop you. But remember your destiny.
6: I will.
0: The goddess faded before his eyes, leaving nothing but after-images on his corneas. Abathar got to his feet and shook the strangeness from his head. Sabin! Sabin! The young prince dashed from the secluded room toward the tower. The fog of his mind was still clearing. He could not remember exactly how long he had spoken with his goddess. All Abathar knew was that time was running out. Abathar! Up ahead, he could see Atara and Naya hiding behind two pillars with some makeshift weapons and a confused Benedict. Come on, hurry up! Abathar raced past his friends. They followed behind him and began dashing up the stairs. Above them, they could see the shadow of the gallows cast by the moon. All stealth had been abandoned. There was no time. As one boring crowd, they reached the final steps when...
1: Legacy Saga is produced by Welcome Matt Radio. Written and narrated by me, the artist currently known as Moss Monapoli. Sound design and audio engineering by Austin Olivia Kendrick. Additional sound editing by Sam Trout. Vocal direction by Matthew Moore. Music direction and composition by Emma Whitley and Mac and Carol. Full cast lists can be found in the episode description. For more detailed information about the show, visit our website welcomemattradio.com or follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Welcome Matt Radio or on Twitter at Matt underscore welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tell us what you think over on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss out on the story.